Welcome to the Leaders in Payments podcast, where we talk to C-level leaders from across the payments landscape. We'll be discussing the products and services that impact the payment space today, as well as trends and predictions for the future of payments. We will also hear stories from our guests about their journeys to the top. This is episode 124 and is our second episode in our special series on financial inclusion. When it comes to payments, it's no secret that digital is dominating the ecosystem. This we know. But what about Americans that are either unbanked or underbanked? Those that don't have access to the technology or have the resources required to take advantage of the perks digital disruption provides. In today's podcast, PaySafe Cash's VP of Strategic Business Development, Jan Mark Kilper, and Rent Moolah's Chief Product Officer, Jean-Francois Brissette, come together to speak about the current landscape of the underbanked demographic and the strides they are proactively making to support this population. The ultimate goal, to make the life of the cash consumer as easy as possible. A creative thinker with 25 years of thinking about all things fintech, Jean-Francois Brissette is the Chief Product Officer of Rent Moolah, RentMula simplifies property payments into one efficient, secure platform. Jean-Francois oversees product innovation, engineering, and customer success. Also a big player in the fintech space, and my other guest on this podcast, Jan-Marc Kilper, oversees the eCash business, both PaySafe Card and PaySafe Cash, in the United States, with the responsibility of pursuing strategic partnerships to accelerate international expansion. Together, they provide some much-needed insight into our lingering dependency on cash, the financial challenges caused by the global pandemic, and the impact this has on some of their target verticals, specifically the rental market. We've got a great episode today, so let's jump right in. Hi, Jan, Mark, and John francois Thank you so much for being on the show today. This is the Leaders in Payments podcast, and I'm your host, Greg Myers. We've got a great episode today focused on financial inclusion. So thank you both so much for being on the show today. Thank you for inviting us, Greg. Yeah, thanks, Greg, for having me. It's really a pleasure to share the stage with you and Jan Mark today. Okay, well, let's just dive into the questions. Jan Mark, to set the scene, can you provide us with an overview of how significant of an issue financial inclusion is in the United States and maybe in terms of sheer numbers of underbanked and unbanked Americans? Yes, absolutely. If we talk about financial inclusion, we are talking about 25% or in other words, one out of four Americans who do not either have a bank account or only have very limited access to online financial services. If we talk, for example, about households, it's more than 35 million households in the U.S. which are being either under or unbanked. This alone is a pretty large number of people who are being financially excluded in the U.S. right now. But if you deep a little bit deeper and talk about, for example, ethnic minorities, this proportionality is even higher. So on average, 42% of the Americans of an ethnic minority are either under or unbanked. And to give you some concrete examples of cities or counties, I just looked up a few counties. So one is a county called Star County in Texas, where we have more than 60% of the population being under or unbanked. But even if you go into the larger cities, for example, to New York, into the Bronx, we are still talking about 48%. Or in Miami-Dade, 25% of the people who are living there are either underbanked 
or unbanked. So in our meaning, this is a huge challenge for the rental market. The question is, how can these people pay their rent? What kind of services are in the market to simplify the rent payments? And fact is that cash or checks, that the handling of this is very time-consuming, risky for both for the renters as well as for the landlords. So there's clearly a need for innovative solutions to solve this kind of challenges. So those are some pretty astounding numbers when you think about it, percentages and pure numbers. So in addition to that question, I wanted to have you address the COVID-19 situation. And has this situation and issue of financial inclusion or financial exclusion gotten actually worse with these low-income consumers? Yes, for sure. We do see basically two main topics. On the one side, the health issue, and on the other side, the number of cash customers or people who need to pay in cash. So on the one hand side, the health issue, cash payments have become extremely risky in the pandemic. They are complicated and they are still a burden to do for many people. Talking about the cash aspect of this, because of COVID, more and more tenants live from paycheck to paycheck at the moment. Going back something like a year from today, the unemployment rate skyrocketed in early 2020 from 4 to 14%. Now it's back at 5.2%. But this shows that over the last year, basically, there are many, many people who lived from paycheck to paycheck or really had serious challenges to pay their rent. And additionally, many of the so-called gig economy workers who are being paid very irregularly and very often in cash. So meaning, basically, sometimes people do have bank accounts, but they do not have available funds in the bank account to pay their rent. And in many, many cases, cash is basically the ultimate and last means of payment for these kind of people. In other words, the challenge is the following. On the one hand side, you have tenants who want or who need to pay in cash. And then you have property managers or landlords who don't want to handle cash anymore because it's risky, risky for their health, and so on and so forth. Let me give you an example. I personally lived in New York a couple of years ago. And what I did is I paid my property manager every month with a check. So he was sitting in the basement of the building and every single month I visit him in the basement and paid in cash. And I guess I was one of the lucky ones because other people need to go to a single payment location across town, queue up between 10 a.m. and noon. These people are being put on risk because they are forced to go there, to queue up, to wait in line with other people, especially in the pandemic. So again, there is a need for payment solutions in the market that address exactly these kind of challenges and help these people towards financial inclusion. Last but not least, another point is the so-called stimulus check. People had been paid in the US in cash or with these checks. And again, this is a huge number of additional people who basically who are forced to pay their bills and rents and so on in cash. Great. Well, thank you for that. So, Jean-Francois, let's turn to you. Let's zoom in on the rental space that your platform, Rent Moolah, serves. How do those issues that were just described for the unbanked and underbanked in Americans, how does that impact their payment of rent? Like, How serious of an issue is it for them when making these monthly payments? Well, obviously, it's a very serious issue. First of all, Rent Moolah is 
one of the leading platforms for collecting rent, and we cover US and Canada markets. For rents that represent one of the largest, if not the largest recurring payment, and can represent up to 50% of the tenant household income in the US. Our platform, any payment platform, are reconsidered as mission critical for tenant for paying their rent on time, and on time is critical here, and for the landlord to collect their revenue. So if you look at the 25% of the unbanked or underbanked population versus 48 million of renters in the US, this population certainly represents millions of tenants who are unbanked and underbanked. And these people, while they still need to put a roof over their head, they need to pay their rent on time, like any other renters. And just to echo what Jan Mark was saying, COVID has made it worse for a few reasons. Obviously, as soon as the COVID started, a lot of landlords, if not all the landlords and large property managers, they had to shut off their office. So they were no longer offering the possibility for tenants to just show up in the office and pay their rent in cash. That has been a real critical issue. In addition to the trend, the digital or digitization trends with payment that has re-accelerated with the COVID. And the other point is, as Jan Mark pointed out, we have 75% of the US population who lies from paycheck to paycheck. And for them, one day matters meaning that a large part of the population really cannot afford to send money ahead of time to ensure that via money order, for example, to ensure that the payment will arrive on time. They really have to make the payment at the last minute when they cash their check or when they receive the payment. This is where it's very critical for them to show consistency and visibility on their payment. And it is important to have a solution with a payment platform that will consolidate all type of payment that will offer that visibility to the landlord that the tenant is paying, even if it's in cash, in a consistent and predictable manner. Are there any other challenges that you feel the unbanked or underbanked have when they need to pay their rent? Well, security is definitely one of the challenge for the tenant to have to carry some cash and go to a place, either it's uh, directly to the landlord place, and that can only be at certain time during the day when the office is open, and they have to do their job most of the time during the same hours, and also for the landlord to carry money for the rent that they collect. So security is definitely a challenge that has to be addressed as well. So, Yamark, back to you. We hear a lot about the death of cash and obviously the dominance of digital payments. Do you feel like cash is still king for the unbanked and underbanked Americans, including when they pay their rent? Very good question. I would call this kind of a payment dilemma, which is arising in the US. On the one hand side, you have great innovations, new digital payment options, new technologies, and everything to simplify payments. But on the other hand, you have this massive challenge, what we just discussed for the under and underbanked. Their biggest problem is not to make a payment as convenient as possible to make it even without any interaction. Their biggest problem is how can I pay my daily bills, my rent, and how can I do it efficiently and most important, safely? So we need to be extremely careful not to forget these kind of people when we talk about digital payments. 
I would even go one step further and say we need to be careful not to discriminate them because in the end, again, these are the 25% who have a massive, massive problem. They need to have new ways to, to simplify their payment needs based on their abilities, what they can do. And to be honest, it's not only about the underbanked. In the US, it's still the 31% of all transactions in the US that are still in cash. So to give another example of the importance of this topic, this topic is also addressed on a political level where the discussion is about keeping cash as a mandatory payment option for offline businesses. So I'm talking here about the Payment Choice Act, which is actually <laughs> done by both parties. That there are cities and there are states basically which by law forbid to abandon cash in stores. And putting all this together or putting a long story short, for sure, cash is and will continue to be a very, very important payment method in the US. The only question for the rental market is, is there a solution to solve this payment dilemma? And in my mind, there are two steps. So on the first step is, Basically, are there any offerings in the market that allow payments in cash? So in other words, can tenants use cash, pay their rent in an easy and convenient way? Is it possible that cash will be automatically converted into electronic cash because the landlords want to see electronic cash and want to have the rent automatically being settled into their bank accounts? In other words, are there any other solutions which are easier than checks, money orders, or cash payments itself. And then the second step is basically, how can you combine these cash or e-cash payments with the newest trends in order to give the tenants a possibility to make even e-cash payments as convenient as possible? I think that's a great segue into the next question. Obviously, your company's PaySafe Cash product is an e-cash or online cash solution. So can you tell us more about that? And then the second part of the question is, can you tell us about the value of promoting financial inclusion in both the U.S. for consumers and merchants? Yeah, absolutely. Knowing basically the challenges for the underbanks in the U.S., we developed a solution to solve exactly the problems we just discussed before and to drive financial inclusion. Not everyone has basically the technical equipment to do electronic payments. So therefore, solutions should be as easy and straightforward as possible and should also be accessible to people who don't have a smartphone, a computer, and so on. And therefore, basically, we developed a product called PaySafe Cash. PaySafe Cash is extremely simple from the use case. In the case of RentMuller, you simply log into your payment portal from RentMuller you say, hey, I want to pay with cash. You click on PaySafe Cash, and then a barcode will be generated. And you simply take this barcode to any one of our more than 65,000 point of sales in the US, like 7-Eleven, CVS, Dollar General, and so on. And you simply show the barcode there and say, I want to make a cash payment. At this convenience stores, the barcode will be scanned. You pay in cash, and then the transaction is completed. In other words, we get informed in real time about the payment. We will inform Rentmuller. Rentmuller can inform the property manager that the payment has been made. So it's basically as easy as this. And what we say, it's basically a way for the landlord to accept cash without the hassle to handle cash. So PaySafe Cash is not a competition to any other payment methods like credit or debit cards. 
is simply an addition to give a completely different target group the possibility to make electronic payments, again, the cash customers. Hey everyone, this is your host, Greg Myers, and as many of you already know, October is Financial Inclusion Month, and we're going to be talking about all of the products, services, and ways that the payments and fintech industry help support the underbanked and unbanked. A special thanks to our title sponsors, The Clearinghouse and PaySafe Cash, as well as our principal sponsor, Instant Financial. Now, back to the show. Turning to you, Jean-Francois, your platform added PaySafe Cash as an e-cash payment method for rental payments earlier this year. So from your perspective, can you explain the benefits of e-cash to first the renters, so the unbanked and underbanked that we've been talking about, and then secondly, the value of it to the landlords or the property owners? At Rent Moulad, our vision and our mission is really to help people pay their rent. We cannot leave anyone behind. So we are dealing with a very large diversity of tenants, whether it's in terms of culture, of generation, tech savviness. And we really endeavor to allow all tenants to make a payment with their preferred payment method. And definitely eCash is the solution for a certain part of the population, whether it's the population we mentioned for the underbank or unbank, but also some people even if they have bank account, they still prefer to make payment in cash. So eCash is really the solution that offers the flexibility for all these people to make the payment. They have the flexibility in terms of location, because as Ian Mark mentioned, there are 65,000 different places or point of sales in the US where they can make a payment. The flexibility in terms of timing, they can make the payment outside of their working hour during the weekend where it's really convenient for them. The flexibility to make the payment when they can make the payment, meaning when they have received their salary. It also offers the visibility for the landlord. Because as Jan Mark mentioned, as soon as the payment is done at the point of sales, we know and we can inform the landlord. The landlord doesn't need to wait to see the payment on their bank account. Immediately, even first, they see if a landlord has requested a barcode, which is the first action in the workflow. Then they can see when the payment has been done. And finally, obviously, they will see when they have received. And being able to make payment on time and receiving payment on time is critical for the tenant so that they don't incur any late fee. But the property manager or the landlord, they have obligation on their side. They have financial obligation on their side as well. They have to pay expenses, they have to pay mortgages, and they need to have the visibility on when the payment will come. In addition to the security that we talked about before that uh, it provides, where people no longer, at least for the landlord, they no longer have to carry a pretty large amount of cash, but as well for the tenant, because of the flexibility to make the payment whenever and wherever they want. And I also believe that despite the digitization trends, and the acceleration during the COVID, in reality, the U.S. has a long way from a cashless society and pre-e-cash has a long life ahead as well. Yeah. As a host of a show who interviews payments companies, we've been talking about this digital dominance and cash going away. And the other one that we talk about are the writing of checks that's going to go away. I don't know, maybe I'm a naysayer, but I think that cash and check writing, as much as we may want it to go away, is still going to be around for a, a long, long time. So, Yamark, 
Back to you, if eCash solves certain problems for the unbanked and underbanked in relation to rent payments, what challenges remain for both the renter and the landlord or property management from their perspective? So I think we just talked about challenges from the end customer perspective, but eCash in general is also solving problem for the landlord or the property manager in general. Talking about the increase of efficiency due to automatic electronic payments, or in general, that there's no cost for cash handling anymore, no need to keep a physical office open, what Jean-Francois just said, that basically that these kind of offices from the property manager were closed due to COVID. So we can basically massively reduce, or eCash can massively reduce the operational cost on this side as well. Also, one extremely important point about eCash in general and the characteristic of eCash is at the second you're doing a payment at a convenience store and pay for your barcode, these funds are guaranteed. So by definition, there are no chargebacks possible in contrast to other means of payments. This also gives the property manager or the landlord an additional level of security because, again, we are talking about cash payments, which are very often done on the very, very last day. And then if you have on top chargeback risk, then this could be an issue. And eCash is basically also solving this kind of risk. So in short, beside all the topics we discussed from the end customer perspective for the landlords, there are increases of efficiency, there are less cost on our operational side, and these kind of payments are also safe compared to other payments when we talk about chargebacks. Okay. Jean-Francois, anything you'd like to add to that? Yeah, we talk about the payment, making the payment for the rent, but there is another challenge for this population as well, is just to be able to be approved by your landlord or a property manager. This is the whole process of the tenant screening. And we have the old-fashioned credit score, background check, it's still happening. But there is a trend now for the landlord that they found to be more reliable is the bank account analysis. It's really being able to look at the tenant bank account, so asking when the tenant will submit an application for property or you need to link their bank account so that we can pull information, historical information. And obviously, this is not possible for people who are paying in cash. And eCash could be certainly one of the potential solutions for that because there is traceability. And when the payment is done on a platform like RentMoolah, we have the history of all the cash payment. And we can retrieve all this history and use that, or the tenant can use it when they apply for the unit and demonstrate that they have been able to pay their rent in a consistent manner, even if it's with cash. So I think eCash and the transparency and traceability will also support the underbank population to have better access to rent. So during the application process, the landlord could see if they've used eCash to pay rent maybe to another landlord. Yes, exactly. Okay. We will store all this information on our platform so we are able to pull this history irrespective of the payment method. Okay. I'm sure that's very valuable to the landlord to be able to do that because I was sort of thinking as we were talking, is that a challenge? And obviously you guys have addressed that. So we've talked about financial inclusion in the rental space and how it can be addressed today and some of the challenges but this question is for both of you, but Jan, Mark, we'll start with you. What about the future? Do you think that a sizable amount of these unbanked and underbanked will be assimilated into digital payments mainstream over the next few years? I mean, that's sort of the first part of the question. 
And then the second part is, what will the future be for rental payments via online methods like RentMula or even in person? I think it's always the customer and their needs need to stay in focus, especially the one who has been forgotten by the other industries who digitalized without thinking of cash reliant customers. Meaning we need to know what exactly are the problems for the eCash customers. And then basically we need to build solutions which are exactly addressing these kind of needs for the customer segments. So I'm talking on the one hand side on the really high technical Gen Z generation, but also on the other hand to elderly people who perhaps who don't have a smartphone or a computer. What kind of services can we offer them in order to pay even in cash? It's not only about the question, is it e-cash or is it credit card or whatsoever? It's also a question, how can you bring basically e-cash to the different target group, the highly technical ones to the ones who don't have access to any technologies? And then obviously the second question is, how can you develop solutions from people who have their fixed salary, their fixed income to people who are basically paid based on the hours they're working and perhaps also in the gig economy, also paying in cash? And I think if you are able to design new products around exactly these skills, and if you can answer exactly these kind of questions, then we will come into two scenarios. On the one hand side, what we discussed earlier today, that cash is and will stay dominant in the US for a very, very long time. But on the other hand, the second question is, how can we use the evolving technologies to make life for the cash customer as easy as possible? And Rentmula is doing a great job with innovative products for them, where we are basically now trying to combine cash customers with a very, very easy, non-technical means of payment. Jean-Francois, same questions for you. Do you think that a sizable amount of unbanked or underbanked will be assimilated into this digital payments mainstream over the next five or 10 years? And then second part is, what will the future of rental payments be like both for online platforms like RentMola and in person? Five to 10 years is a pretty long time horizon, especially in a space where technology is evolving very, very fast. The way we've seen the evolution over the past five, 10 years, it's just amazing in the, in the payment space. So it's not easy to predict how it's going to be in 10 years from now. But yeah, definitely, I think that the trend will go into our the payment digitization, and that will include also the unbank, underbank population. As Jan Mark mentioned, there are ways for us to improve the workflow first. And text to pay is one of the options that we have implemented. We have more than 95% of the U.S. population, I think it's 97% of the U.S. population, who have some sort of mobile phone. So we've been working to expose the e-cash to text messages so that it's improving the workflow and people will just receive a text message with a barcode when their rent is due. That's going to make the workflow and the user experience much smoother and easier for all type of population, whether they are tech savvy or not. I think also that there are pre-evolution that will come with the e-wallet, the solution for financial inclusion, and the way to transform cash into e-cash. A tenant or individual will be able to charge their wallet with cash and pay their rent or any type of payment like security deposit also, for example. So yeah, we will definitely see evolution in the market. 
we can see that there will also be option for trends for rent now pay later. There is a boom now in the market with the buy now pay later that is translated into the rent now pay later. Real time payment definitely also we'll see that happening not only for the business to business or peer to peer, but for paying the rent as well. It will come and people will be able to pay their rent real time with the benefit, obviously, for the landlord to collect immediately their payment. Well, hey, we've covered a lot of ground about financial inclusion in general and related to the rental space. Just wanted to see if there was anything else, John Mark, that maybe you wanted to add that we haven't touched on. Since this is about financial inclusion and we said a lot of things about rent payments, but in general, if you take basically a wider approach, absolutely the same challenges apply if you need to pay your bills, your utility bills, your healthcare bills, your governmental bills, and so on. So if you take this on another level, the importance of e-cash towards financial inclusion is in many, many verticals with nearly the same argumentation and the same number of people who really have challenges to do this. And as we also said here in the rent payment space, on the one hand side, the question is, how can I pay my bills rent at all? But also to use eCash as basically as a mechanism to make the last minute payment. So this is what we just said before. If I'm not paying my rent until, I don't know, Friday of this week, I get really serious challenges from my landlord, but I don't have any funds on my credit card or my bank account left. So taking this is also a very, very important point. If you are talking about government payments, loan service providing or whatsoever. So in short, e-cash and the ability to offer electronic cash to this huge population is a massive opportunity for many, many verticals beyond rent payments. Jean-Francois, anything you'd like to add? Well, I think we cover almost all the topics. E-cash is a way to support population who are either in the need or who don't have access to the same technology or cannot just open a bank account for many different reasons. So we see e-cash as a way to support all communities of renters. It has a positive impact, a positive social impact. And as we said before, we don't anticipate that cash will go away in the very near future. Well, thank you both for being on the show today. I really appreciate you spending the time to discuss this very important topic. So thanks again for being here and for being on the show. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Greg. And thank you, Jan Mark. Thank you, Jean-François. And to all you listeners out there, I thank you for your time as well. And until the next story. Thank you for joining us this week on the Leaders in Payments podcast. Make sure you visit our website at leadersinpayments.com, where you can subscribe to the show and where you'll find our show notes. If you enjoyed listening, please share on your social channels as well.